Okay. Let's share a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, the word is already anointed. I ask that you anoint my lips of clay. Use me to be a blessing to your people. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you this day. May your people not see Richard, but may they see Jesus. May they not hear Richard, but may they hear Jesus. And at the end, let all praise and glory be given to your name alone. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. This morning, in the next 40 to 45 minutes, I want to be talking to you about something I've entitled MOG, the making of the man of God. MOG, the making of the man of God. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, 11, and 12. Ephesians 4, 8, 11, and 12. Wherefore he said, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. All believers are called, and we ought to be a set-apart people for the Lord. When you read Bishop's book on Rise Up and Work, Understanding Ministry, he lays the foundation in that book that every believer is called. We are called to ministry, to some form of ministry. To be a minister is to be a servant. So once you are a child of God, born again child of God, in the house of God, you are called to some form of service. Hallelujah. Every believer is called of God to a certain assignment or to a particular assignment. It may be very unique. It may be very distinct from what everybody else is doing. But you have to understand that every believer is called. Even as 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says that he has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace. So God has called every believer. Every child of God is called of God. However, God has called certain people, anointed them, and separated them for a special assignment. That is what the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8, 11, and 12 is talking about. That when he ascended upon high, he gave gifts to men. And for some, he gave them apostles. For some, he gave them prophets. For some, he gave them evangelists. And then unto some, he gave pastors and teachers. So even though we are all called into some form of Christian ministry, we also have to understand that some people have been set apart for a specific assignment. The assignment or the office of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teachers, and then the pastors. This we usually call the fivefold ministry. Hallelujah. Are we together? So everybody is called. And in these days, it is very easy to identify every child of God as a man of God. Everybody literally is being called a man of God. So people slide into my DM and then they WhatsApp and say, man of God. So everybody is a man of God. We agree on that. But as a man of God, it is necessary for you to be called of God. That is the first thing you have to understand, that a man of God has to be called. And a man of God also has to be given by God a special experience for which they can look to and say that by this experience, God has called me. Like a bishop, God has given him an experience. Moses was given an experience of the burning bush. I have my own experience. That is why I can confidently say I'm a boy of God. So it is very imperative for you to understand that a man of God has to be called first. But it is not enough to be called alone. Because being called is the God dimension of your calling. But however, God expects us to go through certain processes 
so that we can be made perfect or so that we can be made into the man of God that everybody can look up to. Even though we are all called, God expects us to go through a certain process of making. Hallelujah. Are you in church? And we have to be able to make full proof of our ministry by these processes that God has called us to go through. As a man of God, you have to understand that your first ministry is to yourself. And that is why the Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 that you should take heed unto yourself. 1 Timothy 4 16 says, Take heed to thyself and unto thy doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. So your first ministry as a man of God, as a child of God, is to yourself. You have to take heed to yourself. You must be a keeper of your own vineyard before you can become a keeper of the vineyard of other people. When we talk about the vineyard of yourself, we are talking about your spiritual life. You should be able to be a master of your spiritual life before you can impact the life of other people. So being called a man of God is not just about God giving you an experience. It also continues further to lay the responsibility on us to take heed to yourself. To take heed, the word heed there means that to be able to pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to yourself. Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 6, it says that the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. The husbandman or the farmer that labors must be the first one to eat of the fruits. So if you say you are a man of God, you are called unto the nations, and then you believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, then we should be able to see the power of God transforming your life first before you can make impact in the life of other people. Are we together? So you have to know that the work of ministry is important, but God is more interested in what you are than what you do. God is more interested in who you are and how you relate with him than what you do for him. So even as you are calling yourself a man of God, or even as people are calling you a man of God, you have to qualify to be a man of God by first being in a state where you can take heed to yourself. And many ministers of God, many young pastors, many young evangelists, apostles, prophets, they have made shipwrecks of their life because they have not heeded to this first key of taking heed to yourself. So to them, their ministry is more important. They are running around doing ministry, attending to the needs of people, attending to the vineyard of other people, helping other people to grow spiritually, helping other people to do Bible study, helping other people to have prayer all night and to go for evangelism and equipping the saints for the work of ministry. And yet they themselves, they are lacking very powerfully in the secret place, lacking in the study of the word, lacking in the attendance of their own vineyard because their focus is on other people and you see when it comes to moments of crisis you are able to survive the crisis because of who you are and not because of what you do so a lot of people have made shipwrecks of their life and it is my prayer that that will not be your story it will not be my story in the name of Jesus the credibility of a man of God depends on who he is the credibility of the man of God depends on what he is who he is in his personal life. That is where your credibility is. That is where your credibility is coming from. The weight of the message you preach. The weight of the advice you give to people. Is dependent on the weight you carry personally in the secret place. So it is not about mastering the art of preaching. Even though the art of preaching is very important. You have to master the art of preaching. As a man of God. Bible says that you should be apt to teach. 
You should be instant in season and out. It means you have to be prepared at all times to present the gospel or to preach the gospel. But it is not enough to just develop the capacity to preach. Because if you want to preach, you can go to Google and look for a sermon, memorize the sermon and preach it. But the weight of the message you are carrying across to people is dependent on your character. Say character. Say character. So your credibility as a man of God is dependent and even your credibility as a child of God is dependent on the weight you carry in your personal life. And that is why most of the time you hear people say that he speaks what he doesn't practice. So at the end of the day, people are looking at your actions rather than your sermons. Hallelujah. Are we together? Yeah. So the value of what you say as a man of God is proportionate to your character. What you really are. And for many people, their character speaks more louder than their sermon. They are trying their very best to, to, to put across a message to somebody. But their character is so loud. The stinking character is so loud that people cannot hear your message. They can only hear your character. As children of God, if we want to be able to make impact in the life of our friends and family, we have to ensure that our character and our message are in synchronity. So that when you stand to declare something to somebody or offer a piece of advice to somebody, the person can testify that indeed you yourself have worked in that advice. And it is working for you. Are we together? Are you in church? As a man of God, you have to know that when there is a privilege, there is a responsibility. When there is a privilege, there is a responsibility. When there is honor, there is a corresponding responsibility. And as a man of God, even as much as we honor men of God or we desire the office of a bishop or we desire the office of a man of God because of the grace that comes with it and because of the beautiful things that come with it, you have to also understand that there is a responsibility the man of God has to place upon himself. Amen. And Bishop will say that the man of God must have a sterling character. The man of God must have a sterling character or an outstanding character. The most important ingredient of a minister's sermon is his character. The most important ingredient of a minister's sermon is his character. It is not the presentation of the sermon. It is not how you do a wonderful introduction and then you are able to transition from the introduction into the body and then you are able to give a very powerful conclusion and then people are jumping, people are excited. The most important ingredient of your sermon or of your advice as a child of God is dependent on your character. Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 to 16. It says, ye are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt shall lose its savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but cast out, and to be trodden under the foot of men. Verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. As children of God, we have to understand that you are the light of the world. 
you cannot be hidden. Your character cannot be hidden. Your character cannot be hidden. A lot of people will go through certain kinds of characters or engage in certain kinds of sins and the world doesn't have a problem with it. But as a child of God, if you go through the same thing, the world will hold you responsible. Why? Because we have to be the light of the world. You have to be the city that is set on the hill. Be an example to the world. Quite recently, there was a video of Dan Kote and some lady. It was like he was having an extramarital affair. Have you seen that video? And I thought that thing would trend. But after two days, that thing disappeared. It disappeared. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Who is Dan Kote? Richest man. Nobody cares. But you, a child of God, a man of God. God forbid. But should that be the video of one of the topmost men of God in the country? Hey! Fire everywhere. Confusing everywhere. That is why we've come under a lot of scrutiny. Because we are the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So the slightest thing you do, people carry you on. They see it. It is so glaring. Everybody can see. Everybody can see. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We are the salt of the earth. Our influence goes beyond the church. Our character transcends beyond what is happening in church. Our influence spans over the world. The salt of the earth. The world is looking up to you as a man of God. The world is looking up to you as a child of God to list down certain examples for them to follow. And even though they may not say it with their lips, they have the expectation in their hearts. And as a man of God, you have to have a very strong character. When we talk about character, we are talking about the things that you do, not necessarily in church, but your personality. Because most of the time, when we come to church, we wear nice clothes. We put on nice makeup. And then we put on good behaviors. But in the closet of our rooms, where we are together with our roommates, the kind of things we say, the kind of content we post on our status, the status is your status. Yeah, so you can choose to put whatever you like there. But as a man of God, or as a child of God, you have to know that your status is a point of influence. You are the salt of the earth. Your status is a point of influence. A lot of people come there, they read. They read. And they may not comment to you, but they are picking up certain things about you. A child of God, every Sunday you go to church. Hey. So at the end of the day, we are losing influence on even our inner circle. Our immediate circle where we have to be impacting as men of God, we have lost integrity by merely posting something unpleasant on our status. You have to understand that you have to be of a sterling character, a strong character, so that the word of God, or so that the ministry of God, or so that the name of the Lord shall not be dragged in the mud. A lot of people have dragged the name of God in the mud by their characters and by the kind of things they say and do outside church. If you want to know who a real man of God is, don't look at him on the pulpit. 
If you want to know who a, a real child of God is, don't look at her when she's lifted her voice and lifted her hands in worship and tears are strolling down her face and she's lying on the floor. Am I darling or mess? If you want to study man, psychology is saying that if you want to know the real behavior of a child, study the child in its natural habitat. In the house or among their friends, natural habitat. Not when you are standing on the child with a cane. The child will display very good behaviors. But if you want to observe who the child really is, hide in some corner and observe them among their friends, their peers. And you see the kind of characters they display. Because at that particular time, they are very comfortable. In our homes, we are very comfortable. And there is the tendency that in the home, we will display certain characters which are not pleasant to people around us. Especially young believers. Amen. How many of you have roommates? How many of your roommates go to church? Your roommates go to church. How many of them are very committed Christians? Hallelujah. The number keeps reducing. How many of your roommates have followed you to church before? Wonderful. How many of your roommates say to you that we want to be like you? Yeah. So the number was very high, and then we, we decreased, and then we came to. But as a child of God, you have to be of a sterling character, be of a good character. Hallelujah. Because in the last days, there is a lot of wickedness that is abounding. A lot of things are going wrong. A lot of people are hurt, and they are looking up to the church. They are looking up to the body of Christ. They will not say it, but deep within them, there is this yearning and longing for examples from the church. And you may not think that you are a man of God. Or you may think that you don't preach on Sundays. So you are not a man of God. You are called to be an example to the world. You are called to be the city that is set on a hill. And as a city on a hill, you must shine. You cannot be hidden. The Bible says that men do not light candle or the lantern and put it under the bed or cover it up. They put it on the stand for the thing to shine for everybody to see. So therefore we have to let our light shine before men so that they will give glory to God. Hallelujah. So the reason why we must have a sterling character as the bishop says is that we have to bring glory to God. When people see us they should be able to say that we want to be like you. When somebody sees you doing an exposition of the word, the person should say that, oh, I want to be able to preach like this brother. Or I want to be able to pray like this. The way, the way brother Prince prays, I want to be able to pray like him. Yeah. Are we together? Are you in church? Somebody should look at you and begin to dress like you. Somebody should look at you and fix the weave on the way you fix yours. Somebody should just look at you by your character. And begin to speak the way you speak. And the way you are very firm on certain decisions. Somebody should be able to pick that behavior from you. But for most of us, when we are in our natural habitats, that is where you see the lions. We share all the silly jokes among our friends. And then we come back and come and tell them that they should change or give their lives to Jesus Christ. I don't say don't joke with your friends, but there are some kinds of jokes you shouldn't share. You should make it plain and known that this thing is not allowed around me. Amen. You will lose some kind of friends. You lose. 
But you see, I believe that one of the easiest way or one of the fastest ways to lose certain friends that will not take you where you want to go is to declare your purpose. Declare your stand. And let a person know that this thing, you can't do it around me. The uncomfortable ones, they will check out. You don't have to tell them to leave. They will leave. Amen. So as a man of God or as a child of God, you have to be of a sterling character. The next thing is that as a man of God or as a child of God, your dealings with other people should be with purity. It should be with what? Purity. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 1, a few dead flies will make the best perfume stink. A few dead flies will make even the best perfume stink. Then Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15 talks about the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. When it comes with your dealing with other people, you have to be careful to deal with other people with purity. Especially when it comes to the dealings with the opposite sex. Hallelujah. When it comes to our dealings with the opposite sex, you should deal with the opposite sex carefully. Because until recently, I didn't know that a blue heart means something. And I didn't know that a red heart also means something else. Until recently, I didn't know that a yellow heart means something else. Yeah. I didn't know. You post the picture of a lady and then you put a blue heart or a red heart. I came across a very funny WhatsApp message where somebody posted a picture of his beloved and posted a blue heart. Then the beloved went into the inbox and said, it is over. You posted a blue heart. Hey! So I decided to do research on a blue heart. And the blue heart means somebody who is just a friend. Like we are friends, casual friends. Me, I will innocently post your picture and I'll put the emoji with the red heart. And then the lady will see the thing and say, sure. Prezo is filling me. Hey! What a shock! When you are dealing with the opposite sex, there is nothing like innocence. Especially the guys, be careful. Yeah. I was very good, I was very good friends with one sister. And then one day, this sister was up me. She, she, said, she said, Can I ask you something? I said, Oh, feel free, go ahead. What are we? Hey! I said, What are we, Sasan? I said, What are we? I said, Ah, we are friends. You are like a sister to me. Say, eh? So all this while I said I was just a sister to you. You see, when you are dealing with the opposite sex, be careful. As a man of God, you carry certain aura around you. As a child of God, you carry certain grace over your life, which is very attractive. 
There's a component of the anointing oil called the sweet calamus. The sweet calamus gives the anointing fragrance. So an anointed man carries fragrance. And anytime you carry fragrance or something is smelling nice, you draw a lot of insects. Amen. Oh, I'm not saying ladies are insects. But you draw a lot of things. You attract a certain kind of people that come to you. And if you are not careful, you mess up yourself and mess up the life of other people. Because after preaching powerfully on a Sunday, somebody checks into your inbox and gives you an encouraging word. I was blessed, brother, by your, your message. Oh, today the prayer session was powerful. And I could see that you were delving into the third realms and opening the portals of heaven and tapping the chair that Christ Jesus is sitting on and releasing the anointing. When you hold the microphone and suddenly your voice changes and you begin to shout, Man of God, the sisters are checking you out. Prayer. Yeah. You see the way you are handsome, no? And you are also anointed of God. You have to deal with the opposite sex very circumspectively, very carefully. Amen. Are we together? When it comes to yourself, deal with yourself with iron hands. Deal with yourself on the issues of morality with iron hands. Don't permit it. Don't allow it. Amen. But when you are dealing with other people, you can deal with them by the mercies of God and by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Take it to yourself and to your doctrine. Continue doing this. And by this, you will save yourself. The priority is to save yourself. Save yourself first. And when you save yourself, the others will follow you. Hallelujah. Are we together? It is not only for the brothers, the sisters. When you are dealing with the opposite sex, deal with them carefully. We know you are anointed. We know you can control yourself. But don't mess around with some things. Have you ever met a lady and once you see the beauty of the lady and you enter into the secret place and you are praying in tongues. You see that when you twist the tongues left, you twist it right. You are mentioning the sister's name. The whole tongues is a kriya, a kriya. Yeah. Tell, tell me you are anointed. And then organize a prayer meeting for the sister in your bedroom. Behind closed doors. And so nothing will happen. Oh, as for me, I can control myself. Yeah. Me. You can put a naked woman before me, nothing will happen. Yeah. I am standing on Christ the solid ground. You are standing. You are doing impartation service for a lady in closed doors. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. I want to take it from the easy reading version. Paul was saying, it is my own body I fight to make it do what I do. My own body. I fight my body. Paul is saying what? I fight my body to make it do what I want to do. Because your emotions and your sexual feelings don't respond to the anointing. They don't. Oh. <laughs> 
Brokerage, am I preaching? No, they don't respond. So as a man of God, you have to know that you have to beat your body, fight your body, bring it under subjection, stand on the thing, have control over the thing. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 27. How can a man light his pants on fire and not be burnt? How can a man light his pants on fire and not be burnt? How? You'll be burnt. And a lot of ministers, young men particularly, Bible says that we should not let others make mockery of our youth. Let no man despise your youth. As young people, we have to have control over our sexuality. But most of the times, because we don't have control over it, the older people don't have confidence in us. When they see us, we say we are doing ministry, they are just looking at a group of young people who want to take advantage of each other. We have lost credibility. They can't have confidence in us anymore. By the time some small anointing hits your head, bam! And then you can do deliverance from one sister. You go and buy a big towel. Put it around your neck. A big cross. You go and plant a church. There are five members in the church. Two of them are your almond bearers. Three of them are your intercessors. And a lot of young ministers have lost credibility. Now, Bishop says that moral laxity makes the minister's reputation and integrity a show or superficial. Moral laxity makes the minister's reputation a show. So you can be anointed, you can do other gymnastics. But even within your congregation, you have overcome about 10 of the ladies. So even as you are there doing the gymnastics and praying powerfully and calling down fire from heaven, the anointing will respond to the miracles. Things will happen. But the people are looking at you. You are not carrying any weights. For them, show BKK, video show. Don't, don't mind him. When he finishes leading the prayer session, and I catch him in my bedroom, I'll mellow him. Moral anxiety deflates the weight of the message of the man of God. It deflates the weight of the message. As a child of God, you are living anyhow. You are living anyhow and you want to give people advice. You are working anyhow in the flesh. When you sit your friends down, you sit your colleagues down to talk to them to change. The thing is passing here. It's not entering. But a man of a sterling character doesn't have to use a lot of words. Because you leave a lot of footsteps or footmarks for people to walk and follow. They look at the way you live your life and the way you do that thing and they walk according to it. You don't have to come and tell them to follow me even as I am following Christ. Amen. Are we together? There is the peril of inconsistency. Our lives and our sermon must be in synchronity. Our profession, which is our speech, and our profession, which is our practice, should match together. When we hear what you say and we see what you do, we should be able to bring the two together. Amen. A lot of people are living like the Pharisees. A lot of people are living by the Jews. They tell people what to do, but they don't do it. They tell people how to live, 
life, but they themselves are not living that way. It is my prayer that we will not be found among such categories of people. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 2 verse 6 and 7. Titus chapter 2 verse 6 and 7. Young men likewise exhort to be super-minded. In all things, showing thyself a good a pattern of good works. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. Young men and young women likewise. So, the young men and the young women were to be exhorted, were to be encouraged. Young men and young women like yourself and myself. We are to be exhorted by this teaching or by the word of God to be a good pattern unto other people. We have to be a good pattern for other people. Tap your neighbor. Tap your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, neighbor. Are you a good pattern to people? What did they say? For some of us, we are good patterns in Champions League. And we are good patterns in Betton. So we can predict. We can predict the odds. And then when you do your betting, one time, pump. Some of us are good patterns of gossip. Our filler is always 100%. You are the number one source of the information. So you, you, you are the media house of the gossip. You distribute. But Bible says that we should be patterns of good works, good behavior. Good behavior. How many of you read Bishop's devotional on dress well? Dress properly. Be a pattern of good dressing to your colleagues. After reading a devotional, I thought I, I know how to dress more. But after reading it, I said, let me check myself again. Amen. You wear black shoe, red skirt, pink top, green bag, and golden wig. And your lipstick is brown. And you don't polish your shoe. You don't iron your top. Oh, you will be there inside. You are an ambassador of Christ. When you appear, people should see Jesus Christ appearing. Amen. But for many people, we don't pay heed to our dressing. And even the bishop is saying that we should dress well. Be a pattern of good behavior. One aspect of your character is reflected by your dressing. Because when you dress anyhow, it's assumed that you are a ragged person. You may not be ragged, you may not be stubborn, but your dressing alone can tell people that this guy doesn't have any proper character. He's a ragamuffin. Are we together? Dress well. You can't be a twilight believer and expect to impact the life of other people and impact the life of the world. Amen. To be a twilight believer is to be hanging between light and darkness. You are not light, you are not darkness. You are in between. We can't identify you as a Christian. We can't identify you as a, as a non-believer. You too, you are hanging in between the two. To be able to impact our world, 
in past our friends, we should be able to stand out. We have to stand out. You don't have to blend in to gain recognition. Stand out. Be unique. Alright? It is okay to be unique. It is okay to be different. It is okay if people don't understand why you are different. There is nothing wrong with you. There is something wrong with them. Stand out. Be unique. When people see you, they should be able to see that this is a believer. They should be able to say that this is somebody who is walking by the principles of Christ. They should just look at you and say that because of you, I want to go to church. Because of the way you carry yourself around in a hostel, Sunday I'll go to your church. But for you, people look at you and they say, ah, if this is how Christianity is, I would rather not be a Christian. Then you are in trouble. Amen. One other thing that a man of God should be able to do is that you must be able to teach with skill. You should be apt to teach. To be apt to teach means to be a skillful teacher. Or to be able to teach in a skillful manner. Or to be able to impart the word of truth to other people. Brad Precious is very skillful in imparting knowledge in mathematics. He's apt to teach in mathematics. And he's doing well in teaching the word as well. As children of God, we should have mastery over the word of God. The word of God is our manual. You should be able to be a skillful teacher of the word. That means that the man of God must be equipped with the knowledge of the word. You must be an all-round learner. Learn from different angles. Learn different kinds of things. But the most important thing that you have to learn is the word of God. Because you can never lift other people up above the spiritual experience that you have. Such as I have, I give unto thee. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you have within you is what you will impart to other people. And as a man of God or as a child of God, you have to be a reservoir of knowledge and wisdom when people come to you with their problems they should be able to find solution when people come to you with mathematics problems and you can't solve the question at least you should be able to redirect them to a certain resource where they can get help but as for you when people come with financial problems say let's pray kneel down let me pray for you when people come with academic problems they are not able to study i'm having challenge Anytime I study the thing, it's not going. What should I say? No, no, let me, the devil is at work. Let me pray for you. Somebody comes with you with a relationship problem. He's having a relationship problem as a child of God. So the devil wants to destroy you. No, no, let me pray for you. Then start Baraka Shadapaya. We bind all the demons. We kill them, we kill them, we kill them in the name of Jesus. Hey! You have to be able to sit the person down and teach people how to make it in life. One of the books that Bishop has written is titled, How Anybody Can Become Somebody. Amen. Our bishop is not only skillful in miracles. He's skillful in relationship, skillful 
and success happens in leadership all rounder. You have to be able to be apt to teach. Electricity must flow in before it flows out. If it doesn't flow into your vessel, you can't impart it. If you don't study the word of God, you can't teach the word of God. You will come and tell people Kwekwanasi stories. Mr. Man of God, Sister Woman of God, if you want to be able to impart lives and transform lives and destinies, you must be a studious person. The work of ministry is not for lazy people. Peter says, but as for us, we will labor. We will labor. It is not a title. It is a work. It is called labor. You will labor in prayer. Sometimes you don't feel like praying. But you must pray. You don't feel like studying, but you must study. As a child of God, so that at all times, you'll be at the helm of affairs. You'll be on top. A lot of believers and a lot of young Christians and young ministers of God are walking about with spiritual kwashoko. They are malnourished. They lack power. They lack the word. They lack sound judgment. They lack ministerial ethics. They lack basic Christian doctrines. They say we are called. And at 3 a.m., God woke me up and said to me, my son, my son, I anoint you with the Holy Ghost and with power. Go out, heal the sick, raise the dead. But they don't know that the secret of an impactful and a lasting ministry is labor. It's labor. It's labor. So you have to appreciate men of God, appreciate women of God. It is work. Ask prayer. He, he was here to preach last Sunday. Is it not labor? He labored. Studying plenty of things, reading things. Sometimes you have to read about 10 books, 5 books. Before you come and preach one man. One message. Sometimes you have to labor hours in prayer before you give one piece of advice. Are we in church? But we don't want to labor, but we want the glory that comes with the position. If you don't labor, you don't deserve the fruits. The husbandman that labors, the farmer that labors, is the one that qualifies to eat of the fruits. Hallelujah. Are we together? Titus chapter 1 verse 9. Titus 1 9. Titus 1 9. I'm taking it from the Passion Translation. The man of God must have a firm grasp of the trustworthy message that has been taught. This will enable him both to encourage others with healthy teachings and provide convincing answers to those who oppose his message. Should I take it again? The man of God must have a firm grasp of the trustworthy message that he has been taught. This will enable him to both encourage others with healthy teachings and provide convincing answers to those who oppose his message. It means that you should not neglect your own vineyard. Cultivate yourself. Grow yourself. Invest in yourself. Buy books on your calling. If you are a song minister, how many tapes have you listened to? How many 
teaching sessions on music have you listened to? If you are a prayer warrior, how many books on prayer do you have? If you are called to be an evangelist or to do the work of evangelism, how many materials on evangelism do you have? Can you boast of adequate knowledge on that? Let's rise up and welcome our senior pastor. Put your hands together for him. You can do better. You can do better. resume your seat. So the man of God should be apt to teach. And to be able to teach, you must be able to study. Sit down and study the word of God. You must grow. Grow. You must grow. Study the word of God. Pray. Labor in prayer. Bishop says that the work of ministry is the work of labor. So we should be able to labor in the word. So that we can be a source of knowledge we can impart our world transform generations even as the word of god says in titus 1 9 precious one we have to understand that as a true believer or as a man of god it is not enough to be called of god alone you must be a student of the word you must study in other spheres of life yesterday we had a meeting with our senior pastor he encouraged us says you must be Somebody who is not only good spiritually, but academically, you must be good. You must study. By all means, study. Amen. You must study so that you become relevant. In this year of great faith, if we can impart our world and transform lives and reach our world with the power of God, we must not only depend on the anointing or the calling of God. We must go beyond that and cultivate a strong character. We must be students of the word. We must be people who treat others with all purity and be very honest in our dealings with other people. And it is by some of these things and many more that we can be able to transform lives, touch our generations, and make impact in the life of other people, believers and non-believers. May God help us to build a strong character in the name of Jesus. May God help us to be continually relevant in this year, in this season, where God is using a lot of young people. May God help us to build a strong character that will help us to go further, faster in the name of Jesus. Church, ladies and gentlemen, rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. In the space of one minute, you want to talk to God. You want to pray that God will help us to build characters that are strong. God will help us to be true men of God. True men of God. Our confession and our practice should be in harmony. In the space of one minute, you want to talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. That God will help you. God will help us. As young people to be able to be good examples. It says, but we should be examples unto other people. Talk to God that God will help you to be a good example to others. Our roommates should be able to see us and desire to be Christians. Our roommates and our cosmos should see us and be desire to be in church and be partakers of the many blessings that we enjoy in church. And this year, great faith, if you are going to be 
impacting others and going further in our lives and in our ministries in whatever assignment God has given to us we must strive on the wings of sterling character may God help us in the mighty name of Jesus Amen the saints give me a believing Amen hallelujah